0: Welcome to episode number 90 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have a great interview for you with Cindy Warren, who is a um, local entrepreneur. She is also a coach. And she's really a fantastic example of what's possible when you take what you love and combine it with the knowledge that you have and go out into the world and create something incredible. And Cindy is an example of someone who has done that time and time and time again. So Cindy is a uh, multi-passionate entrepreneur. She runs a few different arms. She has a side gig school, which is a, uh, a business and program where she offers Uh, an opportunity for people to come in and really dip their toe in a, in a side gig and get it going and get it started. You'll hear a little bit more about that in the podcast. Um, And then you'll also find out a little bit more about the coaching that she does uh, for life and uh, business and then also about the continued work she does in HR consulting and how many businesses she's grown, how she really never thought that maybe she was an entrepreneur, um, but how the lifestyle and her version of living the good life really is something that she's been able to achieve uh, and realize uh, with entrepreneurship in her back pocket. So. I am excited to share Cindy with you I've known Cindy for several years and watched her evolve as a coach and she's been a great example to me of what's possible with um, you know when you're a coach and when you take something that you love and you go out and you offer it to the world and you do amazing work so so if um, if you are here and you're like wait what's in this for me tune into this conversation and if you have ever thought, about becoming a coach and you know coach training, whether or not that is for you, I just want you to listen in and really pick up on all of the ways in which Cindy looks her thoughts and kind of her mindset around when she has these nudges that come to her and kind of when she follows her interests. And I want you to just take her as an example, again, of not only what's possible, but the success and, and the opportunity that's available when you are willing to go all in on something that you desire. So without further delay, here is Cindy Warren. I can't wait to introduce her to you and uh, I'm excited for you to listen. Let's go. Hi, Cindy Warren. I'm so glad that you're here. Okay. Cindy Warren, please, if you would, let's start first by um, if you would introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so happy to be here with you, Anne. I am a life and business coach. In my prior life, I was an employment lawyer for many years, and I had an HR consulting business for many years. I'm also a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. As a coach, one of the things I do is help people start and grow successful side hustles without the hustle. So I have a program called and a podcast by the same name, Side Gig School. And I'm all about helping people start and grow service-based side gigs, because I think they're incredibly fun and rewarding and that it's something I've done my whole life. And that's how my coaching business started actually as a side gig. And now it's, it's my full-time gig.
0: So wait, so what dial back like way back when, if you had to think about it, what was the first side gig for you? Do you remember?
1: Teaching step aerobics in the 1990s.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's fantastic. So what happened? You're like, were you working as how old were you at that time? And like, were you working in college? in college. So you're going to school and you're thinking like, I'm going to go to law school at this time. Right. You're kind of like, I wasn't sure what
1: I was going to do, but I, but I loved, I don't know. Somehow I fell in love with aerobics and that became like a side hustle that sustained me and got me like free gym memberships through college and law school.
0: Oh, that's funny. So you were like, I'm doing this for like, the Uh benefit here is I teach a class. I get to get the free membership.
1: Totally. Plus I get paid for it. And so it I get was paid. like, awesome.
0: Yeah. And when, oh, that's funny. Okay. um, Win, win. Okay. Okay. So you're doing win, win. So then, so you're getting paid, you're doing aerobics and why? Cause you like aerobics? I did oh,
1: love okay. step aerobics. I mean, I'm just a, you might not know this um, about me, Ann, but I'm kind of a gym rat. Like I love working out, always have. It's just fun for me.
0: I, how, what, how, how does one cultivate thoughts that are around? (laughs) It's just fun for me going to the gym. I, that's, that's a good one.
1: I think I would, I would probably like that one just pop has always popped into my head naturally, but if one does not have that thought naturally, one could practice that. This will be fun. I'll feel so great afterwards.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you like the gyms or you're like, I'm just going to do like, I'm going to make it work for me. I can get to be in yeah. the gym. I'll teach a little bit of aerobics. Okay. Okay. So then did you have any side gigs through law school and kind of like it, or when you got into your law practice, it was like, now, yes. you focus a lot on that. Like, tell us that.
1: So in law school, I, and I was at law school in Palo Alto where gym memberships in the nineties were extremely expensive, a ton of aerobics. So I could get my gym fix and make, you know, 20 bucks an hour here and there. It was great. Um, yeah. then when I started practicing law right after law school, again, we're still in the mid nineties, that was all consuming. And I did not have a side gig for a while.
0: Okay. And so then what happened? So like when then you- I have my
1: daughter, Okay, I come back to it. I have my daughter in 2003 and decided I needed a little break from the practice of law. And wait, why? Oh, goodness. The practice of law back then, not that I'm saying it's any different now, was not hospitable to new moms.
0: Mm -hmm. It was
1: either you're part-time and you get absolute junk work that a first-year law student could do, so there's no intellectual challenge at all, or you're held to the high billable expectations, and it's really, really hard. Now, I you know have so many friends who stuck with the traditional practice of law all through raising kids, and I have the utmost respect for them. I just was lucky enough to be in a position where I could step off the hamster wheel for a little bit, and so I did. During that time, I quickly decided, maybe after a month of being home with my daughter, yeah, I got to work. <laughs> Mama's happy when mama's working, and mm. everybody's happy when mama's happy. So, I started an HR consulting business as a side gig, and okay. that was a direct tie in to my employment law background. I was just helping companies comply with employment laws and have really good employee relations and cultures.
0: Had you wait, so, um, had you kind of known like all along, like, I'm gonna just open my own company, or was it like I need to work. I'm not going back to the traditional, you know, model of law because that sucks. And so the next option is like let me just start my own thing. No.
1: I did not think of myself as having an entrepreneurial bone in my body for a very long time. I actually had a friend who it has been a mentor of mine for a long time who said, "Cindy, just start an HR consulting business. She was doing the same thing in San Francisco." Hmm. And she said, people need it. No one in Cleveland's doing it. Trust me, just do it. And I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, but I kind of trusted her and just dipped my toes into it and told myself, oh, it's a side gig while I'm figuring out what I'll do next. I did not expect it to turn into a multiple six-figure, you know, almost two-decade-long enterprise. You did it
0: for almost two decades. I did. What did you, so what did you like about it? I mean, aside from like, I get the entrepreneurial piece where you can, you know, but like, what, what, what's the part that you like about the, um, the HR consulting piece of it? Like, was it like, Oh no, this just fits or you liked it?
1: No, I did. It was really fun going into workplaces and creating trainings for them. And also I, one area I did a ton of is workplace investigations So someone makes an internal complaint of harassment or discrimination or something like that. I come in as the third party neutral. I investigate, I find facts, I create a report. And I found the dynamic nature of that and interacting with different people and interviewing them and gathering facts and synthesizing what I think happened. And then handing over to the employer. I found that really fun Hmm. for a long period of time. It was really dynamic. You're in there with people. Um, And I would say it was something I really liked, but it wasn't my passion, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, this is, I'm good at this. This is fun. This makes me money. But it, it wasn't really like the sweet spot of like where my heart truly is. Which is where? Well, that's where my next side gig came in. And I became a yoga teacher and started studying yoga philosophy and wrote a book about yoga philosophy And something about yoga really satisfied my soul because it is, the philosophical part of it is intellectually stimulating and challenging. And it's all with the philosophical aim of like living, to use your words, living a good life. How do we live a good life of meaning and fulfillment? And that tapped into so much meaning for me, plus the physical aspect of yoga scratched my gym rat itch. <laughs> yep. So that became a side gig for many, many years.
0: Okay. And so wait, uh, well, hold on. I would just want to pause and actually just point out to all the people who are listening. Cause there's a lot of people in here who are nurse CEOs, own, run private practices, run coaching businesses, and they would probably bulk at the idea of Um, If there were an internal uh, complaint or investigation and the steps that they'd have to do in order to remedy or address it. So I just want to take a pause and say that if you are on the CEO end of thinking about your business, there are people like Cindy who exist in the world who like this is their jam. And this is what yeah. they do. They're very skilled at it. They they may even love it or enjoy it. But like th- this is a a resource to have that we as nurse CEOs can have in our back pocket, which is somebody like Cindy or somebody who has a business like that where they can provide that service. I think that's actually beautiful. I just wanted to make sure because people are probably like, "Oh wow, I could actually hire." You know somebody what? And I, I still shit. I still
1: do that work. I still do some of the HR consulting. I stepped away from it for about a year and then. Had old clients come back to me and say, please, we do this investigation, we do this training. And I thought, why not? I, I like it. It's fun. And I think just, you know, for your nurse CEOs, it's really, really helpful to have someone from the outside come in to make sure the investigation is done in a legally compliant way that sets up good defenses for them if litigation or the threat of litigation ensues later. So mm-hmm. everything. You know, I did and do it under my HR consulting work has that legal compliance, giving the employers the best defenses possible kind of slant.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then just quickly touch on if they're like, but I don't have an investigation or I don't have an employee who's, you know, feels wronged by me or whatever then what else, what are the other typical services that a CEO could like, could benefit from having you as somebody who comes onto their team? Like what, what else would you do then outside of the investigative portion?
1: They should have policies and procedures that govern the entire employment relationship with their employees. So I do handbooks and then training. So another thing nurse CEOs might not be aware of is there actually are legal obligations to train your workforce on anti-discrimination, anti-harassment. And that's something I do as well.
0: Got it. Okay. So, yeah. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe check out Cindy. That's we'll, a thing. Put all this, we'll put all the info <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. And then, okay. So, so wait, so you do, so then you get, um you do yoga teacher training and, and get into yoga and then, where does coaching come in like where, where's the sweet spot is this is a, a
1: funny story spot? a couple of years before the pandemic started i decided to do a like a 21 day challenge at the yoga studio i was working at which was my side gig called living with intention and i put together just a program pulling from yoga philosophy and positive psychology and so on and my best friend took the program and said to me afterwards, I need to tell you something that was not your best work. And I think oh. you need to explore life coaching because you'd be a great life coach. And that's sort of what you were trying to do, but you didn't know what you were doing. And I literally didn't know what life coaching was. I and mean, this isn't like 2018. I was like, oh, so then I went and got certified as a life coach.
0: Uh, what made you choose the life coach school?
1: that was not my first certification. First certification I did was the Institute of Life Coach Training. And I really loved that they positioned their training as a blend of positive psychology and philosophy.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So I did that. And then I started life coaching as a side gig. And then what made you then go back and do life
1: coach school? Life coach school. So then someone introduced me to life coach school. I started listening to the podcast, got really interested in it and thought, I always love learning. Like if anything, you have to sort of hold me back from signing up for the next certification, next training. And I thought, wait, I want to know that. So I did the life coach school training and it was amazing as you know, since you did it as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now, okay. So now what is your, so coaching, so started off as a side gig. Now it's a full-time gig. So what do you do now in your coaching practice? The main part of my coaching practice, I would say from a time
1: perspective, is one-on-one life and business coaching with the goal of helping people find fulfillment in their lives, whatever that means to them. So it really does tie back to my yoga roots and yoga philosophy, like how do you live a good life? How do you live a life with intention, which is the program I set out to do several years ago, but now I have tools to actually help people. (laughs) So that's, you know, customized. Um, I'm a very like client-centered coach, high touch. I like to really get in there with my clients. Yeah. I also, as I mentioned, do some HR consulting, not a ton, but when it comes my way and I'm You know, interested in it, I do that. And then what I had mentioned before is I have this program called Side Gig School, where I teach people who may not consider themselves entrepreneurs or think they don't know anything about business how to start and then grow a service based side hustle. And what I mean by service based is something like coaching or consulting or training or teaching. I don't help people with like brick and mortars or products as much, mm-hmm. although I've had clients in
0: those categories. Okay, what is it then about service-based business? Why why focus on that? That's what I know.
1: Every side hustle I've done has been service-based, interacting with people, giving them an experience, teaching them something, training them on something, consulting, That so that's really in my wheelhouse. And for me, that one-on-one or... Even the one to group contacts that I have with people through my side hustles as a yoga teacher, even as an aerobics teacher going back decades is so fun and gives me like a really wonderful sense of purpose and connection.
0: What are the things that stand out to you about people who come into your side gig school and like what makes them different maybe than, you know, somebody who looks at it and is like, oh, that's not for me. What do you think?
1: They have a real skill, interest, or passion, versus they're just looking for a quick way to make money. Those people, I think, are drawn more to like the MLM world or how do I sell, you know, whether it's essential oils or protein bars to like make some revenue. The people that are drawn to me actually want to interact with other humans and deliver something of value. And it could be for a business. You know, I have clients who are business consultants as their side hustle. And I have clients who are yoga teachers as their side hustle. So it really sort of runs the gamut.
0: Um, now, so when they come in, um, kind of tell us a little bit about like your program, because if you're doing a service-based business, right? Like I think of our program, which is, um, you know, one of our, our programs is, Private practice in thirty days, and it's like everything you're gonna need to get a private practice up and running in about roughly thirty days. Um, and so we walk people through, you know, I walk people through like all of the steps. There's templates and checklists and all that stuff, and um, it's a very affordable, very approachable price point, you know. It, but really gets them out into the world of, you know, this is what it looks like to, you know, dot your eyes and cross your t's and you know get out there and get going. So then what would you say in terms of side hustle school or uh, side gig school when you are, um, when you're doing kind of more of a, like, this is just a blanket approach more of like a blanket approach to um, a, a service based side gig, then yep. tell me kind of, what does it look like in terms of what, what are the most important things that you want them to know? I start with legal foundations and business foundations.
1: So a lot of my clients feel confused or overwhelmed or uninformed about how do you actually set up a legitimate and legally compliant business? And I cover that. And that is the kind of thing that can be done in less than 30 days. There are like, you know, several steps you have to take and then you're done, you're a business. Then I help my clients really figure out, and this is another major stumbling block for a lot of my people, is like, okay, what's my offer? How do I take this passion or this skill or this interest? and turn it into something I can go out and market and sell. And for me, I'm sure you're this way too. And with your people, if someone tells me what they're interested in, my brain just like immediately computates like, oh, here's an offering that you could make. (laughs) It's like really easy for my brain. And people are like, wait, I've been spinning about that for six months. How did you do that? I don't know. It's not that hard. So and, and we know what comes easy to us is often very valuable to other people, you know? Yes. So sure. um, so that's something I help my clients with. And then walking them through exactly what to do to launch their service-based side gigs. And then what often happens for people is they put all the foundations in place. They create the offer. They feel so excited and confident and ready to go. And then they launch, by which I simply mean like telling their corner of the world. Hey, this is what I'm doing now. And nothing happens. And they get discouraged and want to, you know, walk home with their tail between their legs. So I really help them not do that and understand that that is part of the process and that this is a long game.
0: Okay, wait, have you ever walked? Have you ever wanted to walk home with your tail between your legs? Because you had an offer that you launched and it did constantly.
1: So many times, so many times. And then I'm like, Hmm, I guess I need some coaching.
0: Oh. And I, and so I availed
1: myself of coaching. I mean, I'm a, I'm a consumer of coaching as much as I'm a coach.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think of even my first offer was, you know, it was, I put it out and I literally got no, no hits, like no messages, no emails, no texts, no phone calls, nothing, no likes, no DMS. I was just like, Oh shit, this yeah. is not I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And like, I need to figure this shit out.
1: It's so interesting because that's the natural narrative to go to. I don't know what I'm doing. I might as well go home. And I think what you and I can probably both reflect is, yeah, that's really normal. And that happens to most of us. And then we just regroup and figure out what we can do and keep going.
0: Yeah. It's funny for me. I've even in your side gig school, why it's such a, I think, probably value add for a lot of people is that you can have somebody who's along with you on that journey instead of then tucking your tail behind your legs and quitting, which a lot of people end up doing, you know, the other option is it's, this didn't work just objective data in the world. Like it didn't work. I didn't meet the sales goals that I had for this launch. What am I going to do now? I think I need some help. Like who can help me Right. And then looking Absolutely. for kind of, you know, having somebody in your back pocket to help you. I mean, that's like, gosh, yeah. yeah. With the strategy, like you can look at the data and create a new strategy yes. as well
1: as like deal with the uh, whatever emotional responses come up, the embarrassment, the shame, the, you know, self doubt, all that. So it really is a combination that I work with people on of strategy and mindset.
0: Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. What do you think for, for, we have, again, a lot of people who are in this community who are, we have a lot of nurse we have coaches, we have a lot of service-based businesses. Um, We have then on uh, that, on one side of the spectrum, then on the other side of the spectrum, we have a lot of people who listen, who are in a very traditional model of healthcare. They are burnt out, they are done. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't know what else is out there and what's next. So what do you kind of what could you offer in terms of a piece of advice or maybe mentorship or even coaching that you know yeah. could be helpful to someone who's kind of a budding entrepreneur. They have an interest, but they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like if this is for me, like I don't how will I, how will I do this? How will I be successful? What do you tell them?
1: So I actually have a free training called Pick Your Perfect Side Gig. <laughs> and I I created a three formula um, framework to for that person to be like, okay, I know I want to do something on the side and start something on the side. What could it be? And it really is sort of a reflect, it, it involves reflective exercises of looking at what do you like? What are the options, What do people tell you you're good at? What comes easy for you? And then I walked them through a framework of, okay, now how could you turn that into something? What I think is so fun about side gigs is it really is just a way to dip your toe in. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like you're quitting the nine to five and you have to make it work or else you'll be homeless with no clothes on your back. Right. It can be so much safer and um, less scary than that. So I love helping people really at that beginning stage of like just brainstorming what could it be. And let them chew on that for a little bit, and then if they decide they want to, help them bring it to life in a
0: safe way. Yeah, um, tell us if you could, kind of what then for people who then go on, like how many of them do you see who? some of them want to do and keep it just a side gig where they're like, I just want like an extra grand a month. Like that would be great to have an extra grand or, you know, the holidays are coming up. I'd like to have maybe a little stockpile of cash for, you know, to spend on my family or myself or whoever. Um, how do you like, what do you tell the people who are like, well, I kind of, you know, thinking about just doing it part-time a little bit here and there. And then the people who are like, Oh, I love this shit. Like, this is mm-hmm. my fucking jam like get me in. i'm all, put me in coach i'm ready to go like what totally what's the advice for them how do they know how do they know that and then what do you what kind of advice do you offer to them
1: yep great question and i would say about a third of my clients ended up turning their side gigs into full time gigs And leaving the corporate job and really going all in. And maybe they started with that desire and maybe they didn't by people in both camps. I really encourage all of my clients, and I do this coaching work with them, to deeply introspect, to ask themselves what they want. Because in my community, there are people making six figures and multiple six figures, and there are people making a couple hundred bucks a month. And it's all okay. We mm-hmm. get to decide. So that I think is really important for people to not compare, to really decide what they want for themselves, their lives, their bank accounts, et cetera. And the techniques I teach and the strategies I teach suit the person who wants an extra grand a month and suit the person who needs to make 10K a month to pay the bills. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me a little bit more about, I'm curious about just for our, some of our listeners who are thinking about We're we have a program called coach training, where we, this is specifically coaching uh, for advanced practice nurses. And we go, we incorporate positive psychology, cognitive behavioral technique, um, and, and then also um, intentional change theory. And this idea of, you know, like a gap analysis, right? Yeah. Like current state, future yep. state and getting, getting from one to the other. Tell me about kind of coaching and I know you've said why you like it and it's your sweet spot, but like in your work, you had a, very, you've had a very successful career as a lawyer, you know, you've had a career as a um, HR consultant, like that's a you know career that's done well by all like means, right. uh, You could say it's done well for you. What, why coaching and like, why, what does coaching offer you that you couldn't get with you know, the, the work that you were doing in HR consulting or like, I'm just curious, like, how do people know? We have a lot of people who are like, am I, is coaching right for me? And I wondered, how did you know coaching was the right fit for you? When I first started coaching, even
1: doing the practice coaching in my first certification, you know, so we'd have classes. We, there was a textbook I'm learning and I'm a lifelong student. So I love to learn, but then actually doing the coaching, I felt alive. Mm. I am someone who tends to run pretty hot and have anxiety as like a natural default. And when I am coaching, there's a stillness and a presence that is hard for me to find except when I'm meditating and really deep in my yoga practice. So something about the interaction with people where I'm focusing on someone else and using my skills and techniques to help them, to draw out of them what is in service to their highest vision of themselves brings me great satisfaction and joy I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Sanskrit word dharma. It sort of means like purpose. There's a word for it in, in Japanese, ikigai. What is your purpose? What is your sweet spot? And it can be something as pedestrian as tending to my garden, or it can be something as, you know, at the other end of the extreme, whatever that would be. For me, I feel like coaching is my dharma, and I know it because I feel it when I'm doing it
0: interesting did you ever have any moments where you found you, you, when you look back now retrospectively and you're like oh i was coaching there i was i was wearing my lawyer hat and my hr consultant hat but i was coaching where did yes. that come out
1: i th- i actually think that came out for sure in, in not so much when i was actually practicing law but in hr consulting when i was dealing with people who Needed support and guidance as to how to handle and navigate employed relations issues. That was coaching. Mm-hmm. And as a yoga teacher in teaching meditation and philosophy, and then having one off conversations with students for many years, I was coaching. And that was really life coaching, not business coaching. Mm-hmm. So, in some way, coaching is a blend of everything I've done before. And I think I've always been a safe space for friends. Like if you asked, you know, a hundred of friends in my life, they'd be like, yeah, of course, Cindy ended up being a coach. That totally fits. So there is something in me that just is drawn to that. And I think to be a successful coach, you don't necessarily need to know, oh, this is my dharma. This is my life purpose. But you do have to, and this is for any side gig, you have to really enjoy it. So HR consulting for me, which, turned, which started as a side gig and ended up not a side gig 18 years later, I really enjoyed it. Was it my dharma, my life purpose, like my heart's mission in this world? No, but I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all you need to be successful as a business owner.
0: I I think that's it's interesting and it's funny I love that you're such a wonderful example of someone who's just made so many pivots in her career in terms of and followed it sounds like followed your heart on these are the things that sound interesting to me and so I'm going to go out and learn them I'm going to learn how to do them and then and then maybe I'll teach them to others if I find them valuable and I think it's a it's a beautiful example we have so many people in our profession who are we're the helpers. Right. And we are the ones who, you know, we get into the profession because we are the ones who want to help others, you know, achieve their own results, you know, improve their health, manage their diabetes, you know, have the birth of their dreams, you know, the, the, of their wildest imagination, you know, and, um, and I think we get into that. And then we, you know, of course also just get into a place where we're you, uh, subject to all the toxicity and all the workplace dynamics and all the, you know, um, very patriarchal hierarchical systems that are in place that, that make it more challenging to exist within those systems. And then we're kind of like, wait a minute, like, what is there any other way that I could take my desire to help and go out and do something? And I love, I just love that part of coaching too, that it gives us the opportunity to, you know, do it in a different way, right? Like help to help and to help facilitate transformation and to help somebody else achieve what they want, what they desire, their deepest desires, and to do it in a way that's outside of, you know, I don't know, maybe a typical, you know, like a typical healthcare position or a typical, yeah. you know, uh, legal position or something. I don't know. I think you're a great example of that. Um, As are you. I mean, I think the work you're doing and
1: the example you're setting for other nurses, who of course you're drawn to the profession because you
0: want to help, is amazing. It's really, really spectacular what you're doing. Thanks. I think too, though, it's kind of that sweet spot, which is that what you talked about, which is like I agree that there's probably there's a there's a smaller segment of us who are in nursing or who are you know in a helping profession that where it's not quite it's it's an socially acceptable you know realm for us to venture into maybe. And so we go into that route and then we find that it was just a stepping stone to get us to the next you know, place. And I think mm. that's like midwifery and being a nurse and, um, you know, the work that I've done, I love it. And it's work that I enjoy, which is why I've, you know, now I have my little private practice and like gone back yes. to it, it's work I enjoy, but coaching for me is like, no, that's my sweet spot. Like that's where yeah. I'm very, I'm very effective. I'm, you know, it's, and it's work that I just love. I, and I love that part that you talked about where you find that like there's just that stillness and presence, which is so, you know, I think for many of us, if we've been in these go, 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 we're high achievers, we're the learners, we love to go get and, yeah. and get our certifications and like to access stillness and presence in a world that is otherwise very chaotic or can feel very chaotic, you know, Yes. I mean, like, shit, come on. <laughs> I mean, and it, right. It's not like, I mean, it is one thing if you're in if the intervention, we're like, Cocaine or or marijuana or something, but like no, it's just coaching. Like, one right. more stillness and presence in your life? Maybe some like maybe even finding your like your dharma or doing your like yeah w- like working in your purpose could be the thing that really like could be helping you, and it could build this entirely new career for you, which is absolutely. I love that. Okay, okay. Tell people. Um. Tell people anything else? Just um any other words or you know pearls or kind of tips of advice for a person who's thinking about a side gig, um, but just a little bit maybe nervous or or even a uh, something that you wish you had known before you got started and all this shit like yes. um to, anything that you would share with our listeners I have a few things.
1: The first is if you have the inkling, listen to it. Mm. It is telling you something. It's like a breadcrumb. Second, it's easier than you think to get started. I think so many people think, oh my gosh, I didn't go to business school. I could never start a business. Let, you know, like you do with your private practice in 30 days, you can start a side gig that is legally compliant and has all the right business foundations in 30 days. no question about it. And third, I think there is such a sense of accomplishment. And personal development, you know this, Anne, that comes through the entrepreneurial journey. And that can be something for me personally, I've not experienced as much personal growth in my life as I have on this entrepreneurial journey with my coaching business. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something else that's really helpful. And I guess the final thing I would say is surround yourself with people that believe in you and support you, whether that's, you know, like in your community or a coaching community or just a peer group. I think that is essential because there are a lot of people out there. I see this with clients a lot who maybe friends and family don't quite get it or there are a lot of naysayers or you can't do that. And that just feeds into the inner narrative of self-doubt and self-criticism. So that's okay. We can have that inner narrator, but we have to counter it with the other side of the case, so to speak, building a case for ourselves, which I think can just be really helpful to be around other like-minded people doing similar things.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tell us lastly, um, where's your business going? Where are you going to be in five years in terms of your business? What do you think? It's so
1: funny because people have always said to me, like my coaches, oh, you're going to give up the one-on-one side of the practice eventually. You'll just be doing group. And no, in five years, I'm still going to be doing one-on-one coaching because I love that. I want SideGig School to be even a more robust community where people are cross-networking and marketing and just lifting each other up. And the one thing I don't know is how much a piece of the puzzle um, HR consulting will be. It'll probably still be a little bit in there, but really, I think my heart and soul is in the one-on-one and side gig school. And I think in five years, I'm going to be doing the
0: same shit because <laughs> I, right? I, I really love it. <laughs> same shit, just a different day. I know, right? It won't be too much different than what we're doing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. If people want to reach out to you or find you. How can they contact you? Absolutely. My uh
1: Website is bluetreecoaching.net. My Instagram is bluetreecoaching. And my podcast is Side Gig School with Cindy
0: Warren. Okay, fantastic. Oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming. And I just love being able to just get a little bit of your background and understand even though I've known you for many years, and just to have a better sense of kind of what makes you tick and you know, your journey so far. Um, I also I think you're such a resource. And again, I can't say enough about just being an example of what's possible when you have a full fledged career and then you decide to make a pivot and you not only decide one pivot, but a lot of, you know, pivots <laughs> along the way you listen, right. You notice the breadcrumbs yeah. and then you take them and then you go out and learn and you create kind of the life that you want to live, which I think too, like for me, that's a, that's a big part of living the good life. So I love that. I I applaud you for it. And I just thank you for coming on and and being an example of what's possible. I think for so many people on here, it'll be a wonderful moment to just listen and be like, oh shit, I could do that. (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, that's all right. Like and they can,
1: anyone listening, you can totally do this. You can totally totally
0: do this. So Take it from Cindy. Okay, very good. All right, Cindy Warren. Thanks so much. If you guys don't know Cindy, go find her and um, uh, consider Sidegig School. We will put all of the um, notes uh, in the show notes uh, in and all of her contact information. Cindy, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thanks, Anne.